Welcome to the crazy little thing called Marriage Podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin Smalley. We've been married for 30 years and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Which puts a little pressure on our marriage, the fact that we're leading the marriage team yeah, here at Focus on the Family. Yeah, some high expectations. Greg, I'm excited for today's episode because we're going to talk about a tool that couples can use right in the middle of having a conflict. It's called Heart Talk. You know, and this is really such a helpful tool. I know it is for us because over the last week, uh, we needed to use this thing called Heart Talk. And, it, and all it is, it's a tool really to help us to repair conflict. Um, our youngest daughter, so our 15-year-old who's still at home, she wanted to help out a friend. Her friend's in gymnastics and asked, hey, do you guys have an old mattress or something you're not using? I'd love to, to buy it or you know get it from you. And so I was assuming that our daughter Annie talked to you about all this. And so I thought you guys had all worked it out. Yeah. So I was thrilled on Monday morning as I was leaving to go to my <laughs> prayer group um, for to have Annie say, mom, you got to help me get this mattress out of the storage area. Well, I get a a very direct, all caps <laughs> text going, what is happening? Wh- who's coming to get our mattress and who arranged this? And, and which one? And, and, yeah. and so every part of me, when I got the text, I wanted to defend myself. I, I wanted to justify well, explaining. New. Right. <laughs> just to let you know that whatever is frustrating you, it's not me. Like, it's mm-hmm. not my fault. Mm-hmm. Because for me, when when we have these arguments or these frustrating experiences, you know, I want to go quickly to convince you that I'm not the problem. Mm-hmm. That that that's my issue. Mm-hmm. And so I've started to then text, "Hey, I thought you knew. I thought Annie told you. She should have told yeah, you. No one told me anything. The point, so I was it's in not the dark. me. Like I'm not yes. the problem here. Yes. But then I quickly thought about this idea of how, you know what? How do we how, how do we really repair a conflict. So in, in that moment, you're mm-hmm. frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you're texting me. All caps. And you know, if yeah, I could exactly. bold it, I would have. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. If you can Which do I'm, that. I'm not going to show you and no one write in <laughs> instructions how to do that. But but I quickly then shifted into, hey, I could I can only imagine how frustrating that was. I know you were off to a prayer group and you've had to give that up. And, and I'm so sorry. Let's let's talk about this later. Mm-hmm. But that really mm-hmm. is the essence of this idea of heart talk. Mm-hmm. And so I know you may be going, what? That doesn't even what? That doesn't make any sense. And so we're going to. We're going to really unpack this here in just a little bit, and we've got a great couple who's going to mm-hmm. explain what this is. Then, Aaron, you and I can go back to this conflict and really talk through how we use heart talk, even to solve something like a little mishap like mm-hmm. we had the other morning. Mm-hmm. Later on, we're going to talk to Kennedy, who's a newlywed, so this is going to be a fun conversation about lessons that he and his wife have learned about communication in, in their early years. We're also going to hear a question from one of our listeners, so thank you for writing in the these questions. And this listener really wants to know, how can we get through conflict that we've been struggling with for a long time? So thankfully, we we have those issues as well. And so we're going to give some insights that mm-hmm. have really helped you and I kind of manage these longer term conflicts that all of us get into. Yeah. But first, Greg, you had a great conversation with our good friends, Bob and Jenny Paul, about fighting fair with each other using the Heart Talk method. Yeah. And Bob works here at Focus on the Family. He actually was one of the co-developers of the intensive program, Hope Restored. And he and Jenny have been married for over 40 years. And I'm excited to listen to the conversation that you had with Bob and Jenny. 
uh, implement a tool that we teach at Hope Restored called Heart Talk. And when we have a difficult subject, we um, implement Heart Talk. Now, when I first heard Heart Talk, we were taught that you had to really listen to your spouse. And I thought, oh, great. Now I'm going to use a tool and that will actually allow Bob to manipulate me <laughs> to get him get me to understand so that then I can agree with him and then do something about it. I am not doing that tool. But that actually is that, not that, that what the tool great. is about. Yeah. Bob has no problem with that. But Jenny, that's yeah, yeah, you're saying that's not what the hard talk really is. No, no. It's really taking the time to listen to the person's feelings and kind of get a peek into their heart, like them opening a window to their heart and allowing you into that most vulnerable and delicate part of them. And it's really a, um opportunity um, to get to know them in a deeper way. And how, so, because most people, that, that's scary. I mean, it's, they feel vulnerable anyway. Now I've got to really open up and, and start to talk at a, at a heart level. So what, how does that work well? As you use it, what, what, what works? Well, you know, one of the things that we've had to realize is that, yeah, it does make you vulnerable to talk about things that you, that you care about to talk about things, that, but we're talking about your wants and your dreams also, things that matter to you, let alone the things that you're worried about or concerned about or struggling with. But the reality is if you want to be close and connected as a couple, you've got to be able to connect around those things. Otherwise, you're just going to feel distant and removed. You're not going to feel connected and close and bonded with your spouse. So, so what, one of the things that we've had to learn how to do is what does it mean to really make it safe for one another? What are the ways that we can, we can honor each other's feelings and not judge and criticize and tell somebody you shouldn't feel that way, which also includes making room for our differences, which were designed by God anyway. So I don't, I don't want Jenny to be like me. I want Jenny to be like Jenny, because that was God's intent, and I want to be free to be who I am. So we've had to figure out ways to make it safe for all of that to be true while we're talking about things that actually matter to us. Because you guys talk about you really struggled to to have effective heart talks. In fact, you you go to the library, right, to make that work. That That's so fascinating. Talk about how has that worked, going to the library? Well, we had a topic that was just always leading to arguments, and we were never getting anywhere. And the problem was that we had a lot to say before we wanted the other person to talk. So we decided to go to the library with computers in tow and let the other person talk And uh, while the other one wrote it down on their computer. And if they started feeling really triggered <laughs> by something that was being said, they had an opportunity instead of voicing back or arguing or getting upset to, to really kind of take a time out and take a lap around the library and come back. But the point was to read back to them what they had said to us until they agreed with it. Yes, that is what I was saying before the other person had a chance to talk. I, I love that because in so many ways, I would never have thought to go to a library and actually take our computers and, and write that stuff out. 
as a way then to ensure that as I read it back, whatever Aaron might have written down on the computer, okay, did did I get that right? Because why? What was going on? Like, what was the challenge for you guys that made it difficult to sit face to face? Well, here's the thing: the, the reality is, is that we really the reason we had to go to the library was that at, at that point, I mean, it's not the case now, but at that point, we had so little self control. Hmm. Uh, per, speaking personally, I would give myself permission to do and say things in the privacy of my own home. I would never dream of doing in public, let alone the, the, the library. If I did what I did at the library at home, I would have been kicked out of the library and banned for life. <laughs> and the library, unfortunately, forced us to have to be respectful and responsible. And like Jenny said, if we got triggered, if I got triggered, I'd say, okay, time out, time out, and I'd go calm myself down, which I wouldn't have done at home. And I'm not... We're not recommending the library, but unfortunately for us, in, as embarrassing as this is, it's what it took for us to find the self-control to really be able to treat each other at, like friends with respect and with love instead of like enemies like we were treating each other previously. I love the intentionality, though, because you guys recognize that maybe at home, whatever that issue was that you guys were trying to, to work through and talk through that it was easier to be successful in that if you went to the library. So in other words, that took a lot of self-control. It took a lot of intentionality. You recognize to guard our marriage, we need to to do this in a different way. So when when you're working with a couple to kind of help them learn how to heart talk, what what are some of the the important things that they would need to be aware of to do that well? Well, one of the main things is to recognize that if you're going to be talking about uh, matters of the heart, things that you care about, things that are maybe sensitive, vulnerable, a little bit delicate, you really need to be intentional to make it safe, to really be uh, working overtime to protect your own heart and to guard your spouse's heart. That is first and foremost. One of the other things that we find to be so critically valuable that is a principle that makes Hard talk works, so get ready for this. It's going to blow your mind. Taking turns, right? <laughs> you have to have one of you that's speaking and the other that's listening at a time because if, if you got both trying to be the speaker and trying to share about what's going on with them at the same time, nobody gets heard. No good communication happens, and it can't be a competition. It's got to be a, a deal where each of you know that each of you care about each other and that you're, all, you're each going to get your turn to share what's going on with you, even when it's different. Those are a couple of keys to making it work. Yeah, because I think so many people, through this sort of communication, they want to fix the problem. They want to do conflict resolution. And it seems like the, the goal is, well, we just need to move through it as quickly as we can so we can find some sort of solution. But you're really saying, hey, long before you fix or solve it, would take some time to really care for your spouse's heart, how, how he or she really feels, what's going on deep within him. Yeah, and that really takes being a good listener. A lot of people, when they're listening to their spouse, they're actually a speaker in waiting. <laughs> they're actually kind of thinking about what they want to say next instead of actually listening to what their spouse is saying. And then the second part of Heart Talk is to be listening for feelings. When you're responding back, instead of 
talking about yourself or about how you feel about that, listen for their feelings and then reflect that back. So I hear that you're feeling this way or is this what you're feeling? And that's really hard to do. But becoming a good listener is a really huge connecting point because when people feel heard, when you actually re- reflect back, pro- you know, in, in a caring way that really includes their feelings, it's extremely touching to their heart. Mm, I love that. You know, just making it the goal, like we have this opportunity using Heart Talk to really just lean in and listen and care about what our spouse is feeling. And this is hard for me because in my mind, it's so difficult to focus in on the emotions because I really want to resolve and solve and fix and move beyond it. It was really hard for me to learn this, mm-hmm. but I got to tell you that that I get it now that the more that I at first listen and hear you and care about how you're feeling, I don't have to agree. I don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, make well, sense of it all. But the more I care, man, there, there's a connection there mm-hmm. that makes it, it easy then to move into figuring out if a solution is needed, then we can do it. But we're connected then. Yes. And I would say that it is so important. There's something you said that you don't have to agree with how I feel. Feelings right. aren't right, wrong, good, bad. They just are. And they're non-negotiable because my feelings are my feelings. I have every right to feel what I'm feeling, and so do you. But I think so often we assume that we need to feel the same way about it. And I love that heart talk really gives us the tool to hear how our spouse is feeling and to just lean in and care, even if it's different than what you're feeling. Yeah, you know, it's such a great tool that can strengthen your marriage. So if you and your spouse want to work more on your marriage and need help, we have a great program called Hope Restored. It's a marriage intensive program that can help you and your spouse really work through the breakdowns and miscommunications, or maybe it's addressing hurts that you've been struggling to work through. Check the link in the show notes for more information. Hey, we're here with Kennedy. He is a newlywed, so he's been married since May of 2022. So probably feeling already like a marriage expert. You've got this all figured out. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So we want to ask you a few questions, Kennedy, specifically around conflict and communication and how that's gone for you guys. Okay. So what was the first big conflict you had as a married couple? Yeah, so I don't really know if I'd classify it as big, but, you know, uh, there was this one time, uh, probably about six months ago, uh, when my wife, uh, she had just gotten her new job, and as a part of that, she had to call them in order to get some scheduling things uh, situated. Okay, okay. Uh, th- They were things that uh, really actually affected my own schedule as well, so in my regard, I was saying, oh, well, you should just call them now and get it over with. Uh, but you know, when it comes to talking on the phone, she has a bit of social anxiety when it comes to just, yeah, when it just comes to talking to people on the phone. And, uh, (laughs) so, you know, she didn't, she wasn't really feeling up for it. And, you know, I was pushing her a bit on it because it was something that I really needed to be done so I could schedule stuff for my own end. Uh, so that ended up being something where we started to, uh, definitely just start to look around like, oh, we're getting into an argument right now. (laughs) Here Uh, it comes. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 
But yeah. So how did the argument kind of lay out for you guys? Was it a lot of screaming and yelling at each other? Was it a lot of just withdrawing? Like, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah. So Olivia and I, were both pretty reserved. We don't really enjoy getting into arguments. Okay. Um, and we, we tend to uh, more so want to conclude it, uh, even if that means, you know, giving in to the other person a lot of times. Yeah. And we tend to retract within ourselves. So there wasn't really any screaming, but there was, you could definitely tell between both of us that there was a bit of frustration. Yeah, yeah because so often people will say, well, we don't scream and yell, but stuff inside still yeah, gets stirred up. Yeah. yeah. So you felt it on the inside. Yeah. And so we wouldn't have, if we walked in, so Greg and Aaron, kind of like the conflict nanny, like mm-hmm. the... <laughs> come in and we rush in, we wouldn't see like a whole lot going on, but there was a lot going on inside of you. Yeah. you. I mean, at most you'd probably feel like, oh, there feels like there's a little tension in the room, <laughs> you know, but it's not like it wouldn't be immediately obvious. Yeah. Well, and we always try to help couples quickly identify what what is actually going on. Mm-hmm. So it, as we talk through this, think about for you, what was think of an iceberg? So the the yeah. tip of the iceberg is the the topic. So you know I need some decisions made so I can make some decisions. Mm-hmm. But for you, what was going on down deep? Were you feeling controlled? Were you feeling helpless? Were you feeling disrespected? Like what? If you had to put an emotion to it, what do you think was going on for you? Yeah, I would definitely say there's definitely a feeling of helplessness there, okay. at least for me, because I, I, I like to be scheduled. I like to have a lot of things uh, planned in advance. And in this particular instance, I needed my wife to be able to do something that would help me to kind of fulfill that scheduled life that I wanted to lead. And she was saying, hey, no, I can't do that right now. Yeah, and so for me, I just felt, ah, I can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Which is a super common one. Mm-hmm. But what, what I like about it, though, is that for, for so many years... Aaron and I were clueless. We would get into these arguments. We had no idea what was really going on down deep because we didn't even know to ask mm-hmm. about it, think about it. But what's cool is when you think about so in that situation, you're feeling helpless. Mm-hmm. You're feeling controlled to some degree. I need this information so I can get my stuff done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you react then to that? You, you said you get more quiet or yeah, do you, you shut start down and yeah, push we, away you or? start asking questions demanding not in a negative sense but yeah. in the you know no, I, I need this we'll make a decision it's definitely uh, something we identified especially during our premarital counseling with our pastor was that there are you know different types of how people would respond to a conflict mm-hmm. and we both kind of realized that we're the type of people who kind of let the other person steamroll over us just to get out of the argument yeah. mm-hmm. because yeah. we're like oh whatever we'll yeah. just go you with whatever avoid you want it. Yeah. So. yeah um and so the thing is since we both do that uh, there comes a point where we both just kind <laughs> of we're like okay whatever and then no one ends up winning but uh something that our pastor really helped us with Uh, during those premarital sessions was do not put it on the other person in the sense of don't put it intrinsically that the problem is on them, Mm. such as using language like you are annoying, you know, or or, (laughs) that warms my heart when I hear (laughs) that. Wow. (laughs) But, you know, like um, you are you're in a covenant together. You are one flesh and you you can't just leave half of your flesh behind. (laughs) You know, you you both need to approach it together. And when you start to kind of put it on the other person that the issue isn't that you guys are facing an issue together, but it is that it is intrinsically a part of who your partner's personality is, then there starts to get a a lot deeper uh, rooted issues there Mm. of it's no longer 
this situation that we're facing is annoying me, but it's you are annoying. And that's something that we realized, okay, well, if we want to have a good, healthy marriage, we need to make sure that when we communicate with one another, that we're not saying that the problem is the result of the other person, but mm-hmm. it's a problem that we need to face together. Mm-hmm. So it sets you up as one yes. and unified, and we're going after this thing, this problem mm-hmm. together. Yeah. yeah, and you know, it's really helped us as well is to just realize is that no matter what argument we're having, we've made this covenant with one another. Yeah. We know at the end of the day, we still love each other. That Keeping that in mind is just always something that helps us through the argument as well. Hmm. Well, and what's powerful about that is that making those choices, having that awareness in your mind going, yeah, she's never my enemy. We are in this covenant. She's my teammate. Yeah. Because you, you alluded to, you know, sometimes, it, you know, a lot of people, we just want to win. Mm-hmm. And yet in marriage, you're on the same team. So you're either going to win together, together, or you're going to lose together. The, yeah. There is no other option. There is no win. And then the other loses. Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful thing that took Aaron and I a number of years to really understand. And Kennedy, we just want to say mm-hmm. thank you for giving us a glimpse into your nine-month marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's fun well, to you. hear about what you guys are learning and how you're managing and handling conflict. Because I tell you, those who don't know how to do that, their hearts begin to close. And then all of a sudden, three years later, their hearts are totally hardened to each other. Yeah. And they're now questioning, why did we ever get married in the first place? Mm-hmm. So you guys are doing a great job of protecting mm-hmm. your marriage and learning how to how to manage conflict because there's it's there's no such thing we always say there's no such thing as conflict resolution mm-hmm. it's just you're managing mm-hmm. these things repairing the conflict when they happen in the the things that you were saying that you're doing we love it so totally. do we give well, them what, what, what grade aaron would you assign a plus you, right, well, wow <laughs> my parents are gonna generous. Uh, hang that up on the fridge wow. yes that's a good thing <laughs> i was thinking more like b plus just a, oh, something no, to work no 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 and... we'll, we'll start high a plus right. because he's being intentional so he can they can keep that a plus <laughs> well, thanks kennedy oh thank you so yeah, much thanks for, for being me. with us Wasn't that fun talking to a new husband of nine months? And I'm just so impressed. Like, really, they sound like they had really good premarital and that they're really applying what they learned. Yeah. And I tell you, that's the point. 80% of couples who go through premarital training to where they get at least 10 hours, Mm -hmm. they do so much better Mm -hmm. compared to those who don't. It's just another great example of the truth Mm -hmm. in that research. Okay, so now let's move to our weekly Q&A. And I love this because this is the part of the show where we answer your specific question about marriage. So keep sending those in. We love these questions. Yeah, so whether you're about to become engaged, you're a newly married couple, or you've been married for decades, we'd love to answer your questions. So please send them in. You can submit a voicemail by clicking the button on the side of our show page. Yeah, and if your question is answered on the show, we'd love to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free. Really is our way of saying thank you for listening and for sharing this podcast. Yeah. So today's question comes from Catherine, who lives in Ohio. And she says, hi, Greg and Aaron. My husband and I always get into a fight every time we talk about finances. He's a big saver, and sometimes I feel like I can never buy anything other than groceries and necessities. How can we find a way to stop fighting about money? Yeah, you won't. 
So there's no way that you will ever stop fighting about money. And actually, Catherine, we don't want you to stop fighting about money. I know that's an odd thing to say, but but here's the reality. that There was some great research that was done by a guy named John Gottman. And what he found is that within marriage, about 70% of all your conflicts are perpetual. In other words, these are issues that there's really no solution to. And it's just an issue that we're going to battle around for the rest of our life. And I would put money, finances mm-hmm. into that category. So the goal is not to figure out, well, how do we resolve this once and for all? Or how do we stop fighting about money? The key is to figure out how do we manage mm-hmm. These issues around finances, around money, in a way that that actually brings us closer together. Yeah. And so typically what we'll do is, or what couples will do to try to manage conflicts around money is, let's just power through it. You know, I'm triggered. I'm not even thinking clearly. I'm in fight or flight. So I'm just going to power through this and give you a piece of my mind and really try to sway you or convince you, you know, and then, you know, or really trying to get you to change And when I'm doing that, I'm doing it so I feel better because I'm triggered. Yeah. And the problem is the conflict is not being driven by Mm -hmm. money or Mm -hmm. finances or spending. That that's the topic. What's really going on is that you've got to dig deeper Mm -hmm. to go what what's being triggered within me. So we just talked to Kennedy and Olivia. Mm -hmm. They're our newlywed couple. And we just talked to Kennedy as he was talking about a conflict that they had recently gone through. The first thing that we tried to direct him towards was what was really going on for you. It Mm -hmm. it wasn't about the topic. It was for him the fact that he was feeling helpless. Mm -hmm. Same thing with money. The Mm -hmm. first place you've got to think about is what is being triggered within me? Mm -hmm. Am I feeling controlled? I remember, Aaron, early in our marriage, you know, as we started to learn about the differences between us around Mm -hmm. money and finances that are great. (laughs) Most times. But but one of the things that that was important to you is that you wanted to really talk through any purchase over like $25. And that used to drive me nuts. And what it would do is it would make me feel controlled because what I heard, although mm-hmm. you weren't saying this, but in my mind, what I was hearing you say is that I want to eliminate, Greg, your freedom to spend money in any way you want. And I require that you need to check in with me and then we're going to talk this through and I'll basically tell you how to spend our money. Mm. Now, again, That's that, fascinating that that's yeah. what you heard. But what it tells me is, of course, 30 years later, I know that so much of what we hear is actually, you know, what we took from our family of origin. There's something in there that's getting stirred up and triggered and often around money, like you're saying, you know, feeling controlled or, you know, especially for for women, you know, the feeling of um, not being safe that I want. I get so much safety and security knowing that we're financially good. So it's absolutely important to dig deeper. But with that, when you are triggered, your heart closes. And so stepping away, just breathing and, you know, really becoming aware of something's going on inside of me. And it's my job to simmer it down and get my heart back open is key. So what that really looks like in that moment. So let's say you and your spouse, something gets triggered around finances. The best thing you can do is just step back. Maybe you need to say, you know what, I, I need I need to go for a walk or I need some fresh air. I need to go to the restroom. Just take a quick little time out, a quick little break, say, but mm-hmm. but I'll be back. We'll, we'll keep talking about this and figure out what has been triggered in you. So I'm feeling 
Like, so when you and I used mm-hmm. to fight about this early on, for me, it would be what, yeah, what, what is something just got triggered in me? The fact that Aaron wants to talk about every little purchase, what is going on? And for me, it was, I, I was feeling totally controlled. Mm-hmm. So it's very, once I figure that out, mm-hmm. Then I can go to the Lord. I can say, God, I'm feeling controlled right now. Is is, is that true about my wife? Is Erin a controlling person? Mm-hmm. No. But man, I'm feeling like she's showing up that way right now. Or maybe not. Maybe it's something else, huh? Mm-hmm. And then I can go back and actually offer that and say, mm-hmm. you know what, Erin? Yeah, I remember five minutes ago when you, know, you said you want to talk about all this stuff. And I, I was reacting to that because actually what was going on for me is I was just feeling controlled. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you're controlling. I'm just saying for me, it was coming across as, okay, now all my power is being taken away. I've got to talk everything through. I'm being controlled. Mm-hmm. But I own that. Like, that's my thing. Well, and the beauty of Heart Talk then is, you know, I have the opportunity just to listen and to care that that's how you're feeling. And so, so just model that. reflecting yeah, well, back what to would that you, look like? you know, yeah, okay, so I hear that you felt controlled. Huh, tell me more about that. Versus you might have heard that. Oh, so you're saying what? I'm a controlling person, and you always say that. And see, this mm-hmm. is why. I mean, well, it, it could if, have if spun out very. If I was to very... go there, it would indicate to me that I wasn't open right. and ready to have the conversation. So, so important as you come back to the table to have this conversation, to really heart talk, to make sure that both hearts are open. And if one is open, one is closed, you can always step in if you're open to listening and just reflecting back and caring about how the person feels. Because I could have then added in, you know, gosh, that really matters to me that you felt controlled. And I hate, you know, did I influence that in any way? I hate that you feel controlled. Um, You know, I'd love to hear more about have you felt controlled other times? Just being curious about. Every moment in our marriage, I feel controlled. (laughs) No, because what I like then, that sort of empathy, that sort of care, Mm -hmm. you you care that I felt controlled. You Mm -hmm. don't have to agree with it, but you're you're going, yeah, that matters to me. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, and then you can head right into, you know, is there something in the relationship that needs to be adjusted? And we call that work talk. And so really, then we go from just caring about how each individual is feeling with heart talk. a solution. Yes. And so then we move into work talk and, you know, what do we need to adjust? Um, how do we need to handle finances in a way that feels good to both of us? Yeah. So, Catherine, we're just saying don't stop fighting about money. You're, you can't pull that off anyways. Look at it as an opportunity to actually learn something more about your your husband, about you, about your mm-hmm. marriage. So see the opportunity there as you guys repair and care about, whoa, you felt this way, I felt this way. And then if something needs a solution, you guys can do that as a team. But I'm telling you, the the problem solving, so the work talk that Aaron was, was referencing works only if the two people first and foremost feel cared about. And as you do that, then you're going to be able to to work through and repair those moments mm-hmm. that you guys will fight about money because it's always going to happen. Mm-hmm. Catherine, thank you so much for your question, and we'll get your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage to you soon. And again, if any of you have a question for us, send it in. Click the button on the side of our show page to submit a voicemail. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. You know, we've really enjoyed this time with you and hope that you found today's episode encouraging. Please like and listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
We hope that we were able to help you gain the tools you need to strengthen your marriage, even during a conflict. Ultimately, you are a team that should be working together in every aspect of your marriage, which is why we want to equip you and your spouse toward a healthy lifetime relationship and also help you grow spiritually, both together and individually, so that hopefully you'll take what you learn and use it to help other couples in your community. You know, I'd also like to mention a great book that our guest today, Bob Paul, wrote. It's probably the best book ever been written. It's called Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage and the Truths That Will Save It and Set It Free because I also helped write it. So I, Aaron, I assumed you knew it was an awesome book. So if you and your spouse want to work on learning to talk and really listen to each other, then we'd like to send you a copy of that for a gift of any amount. Because of your support, this podcast can provide helpful marriage content to couples just like you. So thank you for your generosity. We have a link in the show notes to donate and get your copy of Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage today. Well, thanks for listening. And we hope that you'll join us next time as we talk about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.